Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Mesdames et messieurs, bienvenue à la téléconférence des résultats financiers du troisième trimestre 2021 de Cascade. Je m'appelle Sylvie et je serai votre opératrice aujourd'hui. Toutes les lignes sont présentement en mode d'écoute seulement. Suite aux commentaires des dirigeants, il y aura une période de questions. Good morning, my name is Sylvie and I will be your conference operator today. At this time, I would like to welcome everyone to Cascade third quarter 2021 financial results conference call. All lines are currently in listen-only mode. After the speaker's remarks, there will be a question-and-answer session. I will now pass the call to Jennifer Aitken, Director of Investor Relations for Cascade. Ms. Aitken, you may begin your conference. Thank you, Operator. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining our third quarter 2021 conference call. We will begin with an overview of our operational and financial results, followed by some concluding remarks after which we will begin the question period. The speakers on today's call will be Mario Plould, President and CEO, and Alan Hogg, CFO. Also joining us for the question and answer period at the end of the call are Charles Malot, President and COO of Container Board Packaging, Luc Langevin, President and COO of Specialty Products, and Jean-David Tardif, President and COO of Tissue Papers. Before I turn the call over to my colleagues, I would like to highlight that certain statements made during this call will discuss historical and forward-looking matters. The accuracy of these statements is subject to risk factors that can have a material impact on actual results. These risks are listed in our public filings. These statements, the investor presentation, and the press release also include data that are not measures of performance under IFRS. Please refer to our Q3 2021 investor presentation for details. This presentation, along with our third quarter press release, can be found in the investor section of our website. If you have any questions, please feel free to call us after the session. I will now turn the call over to our CEO, Mario. Thank you, Jennifer, and good morning, everyone. Before going into details for each of our businesses, let me begin by saying that we are encouraged by our consolidated performance giving the important inflationary pressure on costs, notably raw material, logistics, and energy. We announced the closure of our sale of our investment in Renault de Medici on October 26. The sale of these assets, 50% dividend increase, and our active share buyback underscore our commitment to create value for Cascade and return capital to our shareholders. Moving now to our financial results, on a consolidated basis, third quarter sales increased 2% from last year and 8% from Q2, while adjusted EBITDA decreased by 20% year-over-year and increased by 9% compared to the prior quarter. Slide 4 and 5 uh, provide quarterly information for each of our business segments. On the raw material side, highlighted on slide 6, the Q2 average index price for OCC increased 179% year-over-year and 15% from Q2. As has been the case throughout the year, this reflects elevated domestic demand driven by strong container board industry production levels. 
Average index price for white recycled paper grades also rose notably in Q3, increasing 23% year-over-year and 30% from Q2. On the virgin pulp, virgin pulp side, hardwood and softwood pulp prices both increased year-over-year, but were more stable on a sequential basis. The hardwood pulp index saw increase of 51% year-over-year and 2% sequentially, while softwood pulp index prices rose 35% from last year level, but decreased by 4% from Q2. Moving now to some brief comments on the result of each of our business segments highlighted on page 7 through 9 of the presentation. Beginning with the sequential performance, sales in the container board segment increased 2% in Q3. This reflects the rollout of price increases and a beneficial exchange rate partially offset by a less favorable sales mix and lower volume. The latter of these reflect the 2% decrease in shipment and corresponding 2% decrease in our capacity utilization rate related to the production impact of the water effluent system issue at our Niagara Falls complex and planned on time at other mills which removed a total of 21,000 short tons in the quarter. Production has returned to a normalized level. As we mentioned in our Q2 calls, the modernization of our interior converting platform involved transferring volume to other facilities. The benefit of these initiatives began at the end of Q3, but slightly impact converting shipment in the current quarter as equipment was ramping up. Converting shipment decreased by 3% in millions of square feet, underperforming the 1% increase in the Canadian market and the 2% decrease registered in the U.S. market for the period. Q3 adjusted the data of 94 million, or 18.5% on a margin basis, was 6 million, or 6% below Q2 levels. This reflects our raw material costs and an approximate $10 million impact stemming from the water effluent system issue just mentioned. These impacts were partially offset by the continued rollout price increases and lower operational costs. Year-over-year, sales were stable, reflecting higher selling price, offset by lower volume. Converting shipment decreased by 4.7%, this underperformed both the Canadian and the U.S. market, which were stable year-over-year. Year. Adjusted EBITDA decreased 6% year-over-year, largely reflecting the impact from the issue of our, of our Niagara Falls complex and the ramp-up of the Ontario converting equipment. We are encouraged by the improved sequential performance of our tissue business. Sales were up 7% from Q2, reflecting increase of 8% in shipment levels and 7% in the average selling price. Shipment for both away from home and retail converted product grew from the prior quarter, up 12 and 16% respectively. Adjusted EBITDA increased 11 million sequentially as the benefit of higher volume and pricing and lower fixed costs partially offset the impact of raw materials and production and energy cost inflation. Year-over-year, year, sales decreased 5%, reflective of negative exchange rate effect and less favorable sales mix. 
These were partially offset by better volume and pricing benefit realized in certain product categories. The adjusted Q3 EBITDA year-over-year shortfall reflect higher raw material prices and low average selling price driven by mix and exchange rates, which impacted result by 16 million and 15 million respectively. Other input costs uh, also reflected inflationary pressure. While market conditions for our tissue business have been exceptionally difficult in recent quarter due mostly to the pandemic, we are encouraged by the more favorable sequential trend in the third quarter. This is in part a reflection of our market positioning as well as our cost and sales optimization effort. Specialty product segment generated solid Q3 results sequentially. Q3 sales increased 10% from the prior quarter, reflecting a combination of higher volume, a more favorable exchange rate, and price increases. Adjusted EBITDA decreased 1 million sequentially, with benefit from higher volume and price increase, offset by higher subcontracting costs, and impact of higher raw material prices in the molded pulp segment. When compared to the prior year, Q3 sales increased by 27 million or 23%, with benefits from better volume and pricing in all segments, more than offsetting the less favorable exchange rate. Adjusted EBITDA level increased by 1 million year over year with higher sales and realized spread offsetting higher production costs. I will now pass the call to Alan, who will discuss the main highlight of our financial performance. Alan? Yes, uh, thank you, Mario, and good morning, everyone. So let me begin with a reminder that following the sales of our equity position in Renault de Medici, results of the European box board segment have been presented as discontinued as of the second quarter. We provide relevant details regarding the changes to financial consulted results on slide 10. As detailed on slide 11 and 12, year-over-year, Q3 sales increased by 16 million or 2%. As we have already highlighted during this call, this was driven by volume decrease in container board in the period, with an unfavorable exchange rate also impacting sales levels for all of our business segments. Pricing and sales mix were beneficial factors for our packaging segments. On a sequential basis, third quarter sales increased by 74 million or 8%, largely reflecting improved pricing and mix in all business segments and higher volumes in tissue. The exchange rate was favorable for all of our business segments. Moving now to operating income and adjusted EBITDA, as highlighted on slide 13, Q3 adjusted EBITDA of 107 million decreased 26 million from the prior year level, the decrease was due to the lower results from the tissue segment and slightly lower results from container board. Sequentially, Q3 adjusted EBITDA increased by 9 million as shown on slide 14. This was driven by the stronger tissue performance reflecting volume, sales mix, and selling price improvements, offset by slightly softer results in container board. Our quarterly results continue to benefit from our margin improvement initiatives as we continue to surpass our objective of improving our EBITDA margin by 1% for the second consecutive year when compared to our baseline year of 2019. 
On that basis, we have realized approximately $150 million in the first nine months, and every initiative that we have implemented are mitigating market headwinds and cost inflation. Slide 15 and 16 illustrate the specific items recorded during the quarter. The main items worth mentioning impacting operating income before depreciation are a $39 million gain on disposal of buildings and tissue, a total of $5 million in permanent restructuring charges, and a $5 million unrealized loss on financial instruments. Imp items impacting net earnings are a $3 million foreign exchange loss on long-term debt and financial instruments, and $20 million gain on business combination in discontinued operation of our box board Europe segment. Slide 17 and 18 illustrate the year-over-year -year and sequential variance of our Q3 adjusted earnings per share and the reconciliation with the specific items that affected our quarterly results. As reported, earnings per share were $0.32 cents in the third quarter. This compared to earnings per share of $0.51 cents last year, both periods included specific items. On an adjusted basis, Earnings per share decreased by 51 cents compared to last year's result. Lower operating results and a 32 cent tax variance impact resulting from an adjustment of tax assets in 2021 and a positive tax adjustment in 2020 were the main drivers of this variance. On an adjusted basis, sequential third quarter earnings per share decreased 8 cents per share from the previous quarter levels which include an adjustment of tax assets of 19 cents. As highlighted on slide 19, the third quarter adjusted cash flow farm operations decreased by 17 million year over year to $70 million. And adjusted free cash flow levels increased by a $12 million year over year. This reflected lower operating results and lower net capex incurred in the current period due to the $50 million of sales proceeds of two buildings in our tissue segment. Moving now to our net debt reconciliation as detailed on slide 20, our net debt increased by 53 million in Q3, reflecting lower cash flow levels, a negative exchange rate impact, and regular capex dividend and working capital requirements. We also repurchased 1.6 million shares under our normal cost issuer bid for a total amount of 26 million. Our leverage ratio of 3.8 times is up from 3.5 at the end of the second quarter, reflecting lower adjusted EBITDA levels. Net debt, as shown, is, is adjusted to reflect the discontinued operation figures, but has not been adjusted to reflect the $450 million of net proceeds from the monetization of our equity position in Renault de Minici that closed on October 26. Taking this into account, leverage would be 2.8 times on a pro forma basis. Financial ratios and information about maturities are detailed on slide 21. Slide 22 provides details about our capital investment plans for 2021. We are now expecting a range of 275 to 300 million dollars, which includes approximately 155 million of investments associated with our Bayalen conversion project. Capital expenditures totaled $54 million and disposal of assets amounted to $50 million in Q3. 
Year to date, net capital expenditures total 140 million, including 75 million for Bay Island. Our total capex for the year is significantly lower than expected due to Bay Island. Initially, this project had a budget of 190 million US dollar or 250 million Canadian. This number has been revised down to 125 million US or approximately 155 Canadian. This reduction is mainly due to groundwork and major equipment deliveries that were expected in late Q4 that are now planned in early 2022. Payment term agreements with suppliers also created cash outflow to move to next year. This does not impact the expected startup date of December 2022. Due to a less favorable exchange rate, increased cost of labor and major inflation seen in certain commodities, like steel and concrete, the total budget of the project has been revised up by 20 million US dollars to 400 million US, representing a 5% increase. The CapEx plan for this project in 2022 now stands at approximately 190 million US dollars, and the remaining cash outflow will be in early 2023. As you saw in our press release yesterday, we repurchased a total of almost 300 million of our 2026 and 2028 unsecured US dollar senior notes. This will improve our financial profile and reduce interest payments going forward by 16 million US per year. We believe that our forecasted free cash flow generation will allow Cascade to both invest for the future, manage our debt profile, and also return capital to shareholders. We will continue to invest in current and future initiatives to increase efficiency, productivity, and competitive positioning of our businesses across North America. The Ireland project is our top priority, along with our commercial efforts in tissue to increase volume. We will also continue to support strong demand growth in sustainable specialized packaging while exploring opportunities to further increase our container board converting footprint. Capital expenditures for 2022 are not yet definitive, but we expect them to be higher than the amount of 2021 that has been lowered due to the timing of certain bilateral investments. Mario will now conclude the call with some brief comments before we begin the question period. Mario? Thank you, Alan. We provided details regarding our near-term outlook on slide 23 of the presentation. As a reminder, this outlook is based on what we are seeing today and may change in the coming month given the nature of the business circumstances. Our near-term outlook for container board segment is for stable sequential results. Demand remains solid on both the manufacturing and converting side and results will benefit from the return to normalized production at our Niagara Falls complex and the rollout of the announced price increase. These factors are expected to offset higher raw material price and continue upward pressure on production costs. Our Bear Island project is progressing as planned and sales commitment continue to be put in place. We can now confirm that 100% of year one production uptake has been contracted and we have approximately 50% of the total planned capacity committed for multi-year contracts. Alan provided you update details about the forecasted cost of the project. Results for the tissue segment are expected to also remain stable sequentially, 
with the usual seasonal softness offset by encouraging underlying trends as demand level continue to normalize. Input cost inflation will negatively impact performance, but is expected to be partially mitigated by benefit from announced price increase. We also announced an additional price increase of up to 8% for a Wiffermont product effective January 1st across North America. More broadly, we anticipate that the ongoing economic reopening will benefit demand in a Wiffermont market and that our targeted sales effort on the retail side will continue to bear fruit. We are so slowly restarting production lines that has been temporarily stopped in Q2 in response to the sharp drop in demand and expect these ramp up to benefit efficiency levels and cost absorption going forward. We will continue to manage labor availability challenge as we ramp up our production. We are expecting slightly improved sequential results from the specialty product segment. This reflects stable volume and a higher average selling price offsetting higher uh, raw material and inflationary pressure on production and input costs. Moving now to raw material, until mid-September, OCC prices were being driven by robust domestic demand level and high export prices. We have seen easing more recently as generation level of this material rose and export became increasingly constrained due to the supply chain interruption seen at port. We would describe the market for OCC today as being more favorable for buyer and material is readily available. Our inventory are solid and we are being proactive ahead of the upcoming holiday season. We have seen higher demand for white recycled SOP and high-grade fiber related to gradually increase away from home tissue production. When combined with muted fiber generation due to the ongoing limited office building activity, this has led to tighter market conditions and higher prices in recent months. We have, managed, uh, we have managed well despite these conditions and our meals remain adequately supplied. On the virgin pop side, market conditions for NBSK have continued to ease in the third quarter with better conditions and hardwood and eucalyptus grade. Prices for these grades have declined and volume are available. More broadly, we would note that logistical challenge continue to complicate material movement and impact market dynamic overall. That said, our mill continue to be well supported thanks to our long-term supplier relation and prudent inventory strategy. With that, we will now be happy to answer your questions, operator. Thank you, Mr. Plouffe. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Si vous avez, si vous désirez poser une question, s'il vous plaît, composez l'étoile suivie du 1 sur votre clavier téléphonique. Et si vous désirez retirer votre question, composez l'étoile suivie du 2. Thank you.
If you would like to ask a question, simply press star then number 1 on your telephone keypad. And if you would like to withdraw your question, you will need to press star followed by 2. Again, if you have a question, please press star then 1 on your telephone keypad. One moment please while we compile the Q&A roster. And your first question will be from Hamir Patel at CIBC. Please go ahead. Hi, uh, good morning. Mario, uh, there, there were some uh, reports in the, the Quebec press uh, of the company monetizing uh, an old warehouse um, uh, in, in Laval for about $30 million in, in, in uh, October. Do you see any other opportunities to, to rationalize uh, your footprint and, and you know maybe capture higher real estate values? Well, uh, honestly, uh, Amir, it's, a, it's something that we always do. We look at our uh, footprint, look at our uh, different buildings, and uh, when we have to consolidate our platform or optimize you know, the, our footprint, we always look at that. So uh, it's really something that we are uh, very uh, following very closely. Uh, short term, none, because we feel that you know our buildings are integral to our businesses, and often they're remote and isolated business uh, buildings. So, uh, but we uh, we are not against uh, selling any businesses that we have no use in the future when we rationalize our footprint. So, but in the short term, uh, we don't have anything uh, new. Great, uh, thanks, Mario. That that's helpful and. Um, Ellen, I just wanted to turn to the, the CapEx uh, envelope for, for Bear Island. Um, it looks like it was characterized on, on one of the slides as, as $400 million now. I, I believe the last disclosure there was, was 380 So So is the increase reflect, uh, is it just general cost inflation, or have you added uh, additional equipment to the project? No, it's mainly uh, cost inflation driven, but I might just ask uh, Charles to give you more color on this. Uh, hello, Amir. Uh, so what we've done uh, is we reviewed um, with the current cost inflation, like steel, concrete, uh, increase also a cost of labor. These are the main uh, components of uh, the increases. Uh, so we went uh, line by line to evaluate, uh, to the best of our knowledge, uh, where we would end up. Great, uh, thanks, uh, thanks, Charles. And, and Charles, I'm wondering if you could comment on what you're seeing in, in container board markets uh, in uh, in Q4 so far. Uh, so the uh, the demand is uh, is still uh, good, uh, both on the uh, the uh, the converting side. Uh, um, so we we are uh, um, cautiously optimistic, if I can say that uh, like that. So the the volume, the demand is still uh, still solid uh, compared to last year, where we had our strongest uh, shipping uh, uh, quarter ever. Uh, it's probably going to be a bit more normalized, but still very good for this time of the year. Great, uh, thanks. Uh, that's all I had. I'll I'll turn it over. Thank you. Your next question will be from Sean Stewart at TD Securities. Please go ahead. Thanks. Good morning, everyone. Uh, just following up on Hamir's question on, on the CapEx budget for this year, the revision for this year, I, I know there's some deferral for, for Bear Island. Is the, the $50 million in proceeds from the, um, the converting asset sales uh, this past quarter, is, is the new CapEx guidance net of that $50 million, or is it before those those proceeds? 
No, yes, it is net. Okay. And for for Charles, uh, potentially, the uh, just trying to understand is there's cost inflation for Bear Island. Some spending has been pushed back because of delays, and we're seeing that across the sector. Explain the confidence you have on on the startup time frame being intact for that asset. And can you remind us of how we should think about the ramp up once that asset does start up? Okay, so just I'm going to start with the uh, the delays. So uh, uh, on the capex, uh, the the main uh, or the main components of uh, the uh, the change in the the um, the output for the capex uh, are mainly due to uh, deliveries of major components, uh, the paper machine, and also the uh, uh, the major major components in the project uh, that will come in uh, early in uh, Q1 uh, 2022. Uh, we do have the luxury in uh, Bear Island uh, that we're not uh, building uh, new uh, building because it's already existing. Uh, so our team right now uh, have been able to adapt the schedule uh, with the, uh, the reception of the equipment, the installation, and, uh, and, and all of this. We also had, with the original uh, schedule, built in some contingencies, so uh, we feel comfortable that uh, our December 14 date uh, is still uh, achievable um, with, with the uh, uh, changes that we made to, to the schedule. So yes, we are comfortable with that date. Um, Knowing uh, or about the uh, the volume, uh, the ramping up, if that's what your question on on when it started. So 2023, uh, the output of the the mill would be about 280,000 tons. Okay. Thanks for that detail. Uh, second question on on tissue. You touched on the um, the away from home price hike for Q4. Can you review the the other increases that were initiated through? second half of the year, how much of those increased efforts were reflected in, in Q3 price realizations and how should we think about the progression for price realizations in the fourth quarter and in, into early next year? Good morning, Sean. Uh, there's limited uh, difference between Q3 and Q4 in, regarding, in regards of uh, retail uh, price increase that we got last summer, so it pretty much all materialized in, in Q3. But it's uh, it's more about the mix. Uh, so uh, we're selling less jumbo rolls than we we used to. Uh, so Q2, Q3, we see the integration rates going up as as volume is ramping up a bit. And uh, it, there's also other um, effort to customer to improve uh, sales mix uh, portfolio. We'll say. So it's pretty much the same Q3 versus Q4. Okay. Uh, thanks very much, everyone. That's all I have for now. Thank you. Your next question will be from Mark Wild at BMO. Please go ahead. Thanks. Good morning, Mario. Good morning, Alan. Good morning. Morning. Alan, I wanted just to start off that that flat guidance for uh, packaging for container board in the fourth quarter. Does that incorporate? not having the issue at Niagara Falls? Well, it, it's expected. Yes, it's expected that Niagara Falls will be uh, back up and, up and running, as we, we mentioned. But the major impact is the, the full effect 
of raw material increases that happened in August and September. So that will be fully reflected in Q4. Uh, so that, and also maybe now with that recent $10, we might see a slight uh, positive contribution, but uh, the major uh, impact of setting the, the green pack effect in Q3 is the raw materials. Okay. All right. And uh, can you just talk about how energy is affecting both uh, 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 container board and tissue purchase energy? Yes. Well, uh, yes, energy is uh, is uh, obviously uh, increasing. Um, and now that we are entering uh, winter uh, winter season, uh, it will it's it's factored in in our uh, Q4 uh, forecast. Okay. All right. Um, and then corporate costs in the third quarter were a little lower than we were modeling. Uh, can you give us a little color on that and also the expectations for the fourth quarter and beyond? Uh, yes. In, in corporate, uh, there's also the, the, our recovery uh, business that is included in there. So uh, the recovery business is uh, contributing uh, favorably compared to previous quarters, so that's a, an impact on when you see the corporate segment and uh, general costs, and uh, uh, that is impacted in there uh, is also uh, can create variation. But the main impact is uh, recovery operations. Okay, All right, and then you you bought back a lot of stock in the quarter. Um, I would just like to get your thoughts on uh, incremental capital. Con uh, returns in the wake of the uh, the Reno sale. Well, uh, as we said uh, when, when we announced the uh, the sale of Reno, uh, we said that we would look at managing our debt profile. That's what we did uh, this week. So, uh, uh, in Canadian dollars, uh, it's close to 400 million on on the 450 that we use on that uh, repurchase of notes. Uh, we increased uh, previously in uh, Q2 our dividend, and now with the shy buyback, that was exactly what we said uh, when we announced the uh, the sale of Renault. So uh, that's what we did. Okay. All right. And uh, can we get some sense of kind of what the volume trends are looking like right now on a year-over-year -year basis in the away-from-home market? Uh, it's progressing uh, slowly, like uh, it's a few percent every month. Uh, it's kind of stabilizing October versus September, so and usually it's after the end of the year, so that's why we're we're guiding pretty much flat. Uh, but we hope that with the border reopening and there's more and more people traveling, uh, we're still seeing that that uh, market uh, positively in the coming months. Where where would you put kind of the current volume right now? relative to kind of what you think about is kind of baseline demand and away from home? Uh, when we look at the AFNPA uh, number, the market is still below the 2019 uh, results. Uh, so it, it's really tough to, to see uh, what would be the new reality, honestly. Uh, uh, your, your crystal ball is as good as mine, but uh, we hope that it's... Uh, <laughs> It's going to become uh, closer to 2019, probably end of next year, uh, my guess. Uh, it's still going to take at least another year before it goes back to 2019 results, I think. But that's 
my own uh, opinion. Yeah. And uh, finally for me, any kind of thoughts on further kind of consolidation and restructuring uh, in the tissue market? Uh, a week or two ago, one of your uh, your competitors in the consumer market made some fairly, you know, bearish comments on uh, on an earnings call. I'd just like to get your thoughts. Well, you know, obviously, I think it would be beneficial if there were more consolidations. Uh, at this point, we're not focused uh, on that at all. We are more focused on ramping up all the new lines that we install and the integration of our kit for for us right now, you know, the plate is quite full with uh, all this focus on, you know, filling up this capacity that we acquired mostly in the beginning of the pandemic. And the pandemic is still hitting us hard. It's difficult to see where the market's going right now. So, uh, we're, like I said, you know, we're really more focused on capacity, filling up the capacity we have right now. But uh, Okay. All right. That's fine. Let's flip one more in here. I just... Uh, in the uh, in especially packaging business, in that molded pulp business, we're hearing about sort of the egg producers moving away from kind of thermoform plastics and perhaps uh, moving back to molded pulp. Can you talk about what you're seeing? Uh, yes, uh, Marcus is uh, we, we see the exact same thing, uh, and uh, this uh, conversion from uh, polystyrene uh, carton or has already started uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, the first move was going to a PET, uh, and obviously we see more and more pressure in, on uh, on the model pop. Uh, the thing is, uh, you know, we need to get the capacity in place. Uh, you don't put capacity on model pop as quickly as you would put it in plastic. You know, it's longer longer projects uh, to put the capacity in place. But we definitely see positive future in terms of a mobile pop in the egg industry. Okay, very good. I'll turn it over. Thank you. Thank you. Your next question will be from Paul Quinn at RBC. Oh. Please go ahead. Yeah, thanks very much. Good morning, guys. Uh, solid results. Uh, maybe just starting on uh, on recovered paper prices. One of your U.S. Uh, container board peers this morning, you know, was was giving guidance going out, uh, financial guidance, and their assumption on OCC was over about over $160 uh, for the following four quarters. Is that consistent with what you're seeing in the marketplace? And could you also give a guide on on where you think uh, SOP prices will be? Okay, uh, Paul, this is Victor again. Uh, for the OCC at this moment, we see uh, obviously we are in higher generation season, and uh, and the material is readily available. Uh, based on uh, the observation we have on the market now, uh, you know the the trend we've seen in uh, October in the price reduction could potentially continue in November. Uh, there's uh, this you know people uh, inventories are high. Uh, People are well in good position for the Thanksgiving and the holiday season in terms of inventory level. So, uh, and we should not forget also that export is the currently limited the shortage of containers and the the port congestion. And we do expect something also is that the energy shortage in China has slowed down the paper mills as you're aware in uh, in China and will have a collateral on the uh, the the pop 
virgin pulp, but also the uh, recycled pulp coming from other Asian countries. So I would say short term, I would say uh, should be should be a more favorable conditions uh, for uh, for the OCC. On the SOP, I mean this is actually a, a different story. The market is a, is a bit tighter now, very much connected to. Uh, the away from home market, which uh, you know, the tissue business, which is a, a significant significant consumer of uh, of SOP, so it really depends on how quickly the yes, the away from home market will recover. Uh, for for us, you know, for us, it's it's not a challenge of supply. We do have, uh, but we don't expect uh, that it would become a favorable market for buyers over the next uh, few weeks, few months. Great, uh, that's helpful. And then uh, just over on Bear Island, uh, you know, I appreciate the uh, the, the guidance of uh, you know 2023 production at, at 280,000 tons. Uh, you know, if you could hold conditions flat, what you're seeing right now out into 2023, you know, given the startup costs, do you think that's going to be a contributor to finances in that year? Charles, you want to take it or? You mean, uh, just a follow-up. Yes, uh, Alan, I will take it. Uh, so um, is your question that the first year uh, the the mill will be a positive contributor? Is that what you're asking? Exactly, yeah. I know it's an easy one. So, um, so based on our model and uh, like you mentioned with current condition, then yes, we, um, we, we have in our model that it's going to be a positively contributing. Well, Paul, maybe maybe we can we can just rely on on what happened in Greenpack. Greenpack was also uh, positively contributing quite rapidly, and and we learned from that obviously. So, expect to be good. Yep. Right. Just figure that OCC prices are a lot higher than when Greenpack started up. That's all. Um. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, that's all I had. Best of luck. Thank you. Thank you. Again, if you would like to ask a question, please press star then the number one on your telephone keypad. And your next question will be from Zachary Evershed at National Bank Financial. Please go ahead. Good morning, everyone. On the topic of container board converting capacity, could you give us a little more color on the nature and scale of the opportunities that interest you? Um, I'm going to take that one, Alan. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. So uh, we we do have uh, we do have uh, our eyes uh, open on uh, on opportunities, uh, but we are um, uh, very selective. Uh, you know that the last uh, uh, investment that we made, like uh, in Piscataway, which is very beneficial for our converting facility. Uh, so yes, we're looking at opportunities, um, uh, and uh, but we're also looking at uh, investing in our current. Uh, portfolio. Uh, so we spoke about the project that we have in Ontario where we made a major investment uh, that have increased uh, our capacity uh, and also reduce our um, uh, number of, uh, of assets but better performing. So you know when we're looking at the, uh, the future uh, there's going to be three things. First, uh, investing in our current uh, facility. The second is uh, looking at uh, good, uh, good assets. Uh, but we're also looking at uh, where we could do uh, another green field. So um, these are the three places where we, uh, we, are, we are focusing on. And I just want to mention again that on the acquisition, uh, 
Uh, we want to be selective on uh, the quality of the asset uh, because we want to invest in long term. That's helpful. Thanks. Another for you, how's hiring going for Bear Island? Uh, how are you approaching that in the current tight market? Yeah, uh, so very good question. Uh, knowing uh, that uh, the market is uh, very challenging right now, um, the hiring is, is going very well. We have about 25 uh, employees right now on 160 uh, that are helping us uh, during the construction. Uh, and we uh, figure that we're going to be able to uh, attract uh, a lot of the employees uh, that were working uh, on that site uh, before that we kept contact with. Uh, they haven't moved from the, the area, so for them it's a big advantage for coming back to a uh, more modern facility. So uh, uh, we're uh, really confident uh, that uh, with uh, what we're doing right now, uh, the, uh, the scale also, uh, we are starting to re-hire as we speak progressively uh, until uh, Q3 next year. Uh, so we're very positive on uh, on being able to uh, to find good people to run that facility. That's great, Color. Thanks. Just one more for me uh, on tissue. As workers return to the office and travel picks up, uh, demand for away from home tissue obviously will increase, and that's likely ahead of the recovery in SOP generation. So, do you see a risk of maybe a pinch in SOP demand versus supply at that point in time? Um, yes, this is look again. Yes, uh, we, as I said, uh, there's going to be uh, uh, likely a higher demand for SOP, and uh, and but obviously there will be the alternative of a virgin pulp as a substitute uh, in in some mills. So uh, that's going to be likely the the answer for uh, the, uh, the the pinch of uh, between the demand and the generation of SOP over the next uh, few months. Thank you very much. I'll turn it over. Thank you. There are no further questions at this time. Monsieur Plourd, please proceed. Thank you, everyone, for being on the call and uh, looking forward uh, to meet you on the next quarter. So have a good day, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Merci, Monsieur Plourd. Ladies and gentlemen, this does indeed conclude your conference call for today. Once again, thank you for attending. And at this time, we do ask that you please disconnect your lines. After the holidays, a little cash goes a long way. The Chime checking account has tons of benefits to help, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and thousands of fee-free ATMs. You can even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. Sign up for Chime today at chime.com goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA members of FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from Bayer. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.